I was preparing for this sermon, uh, I was thinking about uh, the reason for the church's existence, uh, and my preacher brain went to the 1980 film The Blues Brothers, uh, which stars uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Any Blues Brothers fans in here this morning? My father-in-law is here, and he's like a huge Blues uh, Brothers fan. Um, so uh, if you haven't seen the movie, the, the basic plot is that uh, after being released from prison, uh, Jake, who is played by John Belushi, reunites with his brother Elwood, uh, who is played by Dan Aykroyd. Uh, and the two set off on a task to save the Catholic orphanage that they grew up in from foreclosure. Uh, and their plan is to raise $5,000 by getting their old R&B band back together, uh, which would pay the orphanage's property tax bill. Uh, and they're saying throughout the entire movie, if you've seen it, is what? What is it? We're on a mission from God, right? We're on a mission from God. Uh, so as the church, we are also on a mission from God. Uh, if you are on a mission, uh, that means that you have a direction, a clear sense of purpose, a goal to accomplish. Um, but that is not necessarily how we find the apostles at the beginning of uh, our scripture reading for this morning. As we talked about last Sunday, before Jesus ascended to be with the Father, he had instructed the apostles to return to Jerusalem and wait. Uh, so they were waiting in Jerusalem, but they weren't sure what for at the time. And I can imagine that the, uh, the apostles kind of felt lost, uh, asking, now what? Because Jesus, who had led them for the last three years, had seemingly left them, and they, they weren't sure where to go from here. And this is where we find the apostles on the Feast of Pentecost, which we celebrate today. Uh, Pentecost literally means 50th day uh, and was celebrated by the Jewish community as a harvest festival uh, and as the feast of the giving of the law to Moses. Uh, and it's called the 50th day because it's celebrated 50 days after the Passover, which is, of course, another significant Jewish feast day. So Jews from around the area would, would come to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover, and there were usually a multitude of uh, nations represented there in Jerusalem. And just as God reappropriated the feast of the Passover through Jesus in the Last Supper, he reappropriated the Feast of Pentecost by pouring out his Holy Spirit on the apostles. And on this day, God anointed the apostles with the Holy Spirit to share the good news of the gospel. Now, the word anoint uh, has a few different meanings in the Bible, uh, but one of them is to set someone apart, to authorize and equip him or her for a task of spiritual importance. So God filled the apostles with, with a boldness that was not of themselves to do a task that was bigger than what they could handle on their own strength. To start a movement that has become a worldwide phenomenon that has carried down through the ages, a.k.a. the church. And of course, that's the reason why we're all sitting here this morning. Um, so with that in mind, the question that I would like us to ask this morning is, what does it mean for us to be anointed with the Holy Spirit today? What does it mean for us to be anointed with the Holy Spirit today? 
Um, so let's take a, another look at our text this morning uh, to find out. So if you brought your Bibles with you, I invite you to open them up to Acts chapter 2. Uh, otherwise, you're welcome to uh, open your Bible on your electronic device or you have Bibles in front of you as well. Um, and just go ahead and open them up to uh, Acts chapter 2 uh, and we will walk through this story together this morning. Uh, so it begins verses 1 and 2. When the day of Pentecost came, the apostles were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, the word uh, used for uh, spirit in the Old Testament is ruach. Can we all say that together? Ruach. Ruach. Don't, don't hock up a loogie when you try to say that. Um, yeah, so uh, it's uh, the, the, the word, the, the Hebrew word ruach means uh, breath, air, wind, or soul. Uh, so on Pentecost, we see uh, the holy animating wind of God, right? The same wind that swept across the waters at creation, sweeping over the apostles, bringing them to life. And then verses 3 through 8, uh, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. I, I, since it was a feast of Pentecost, as we talked about, they had all descended on Jerusalem. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? And I'm not going to read the verses that Karen so courageously tried to read for us, because I probably can't pronounce those words either. So, thank you, Karen. <laughs> um, all right, so the apostles went out and started proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of these different languages, but this wasn't because they found some sort of power within themselves. Rather, they were anointed with the boldness and power to proclaim the gospel that can only come from God's Spirit. So this is a theme that we see time and time again throughout the Bible. God's Spirit empowering people to do things that they would not otherwise be able to do on their own strength. And the disciples speaking in tongues amazes and perplexes some bystanders, but then others' response, of course, is to kind of rationalize this miraculous event uh, that they're witnessing. So verses 12 and 13, we see that, that some were amazed and perplexed and asked one another, what does this mean? But then some made fun of the apostles and said, ah, they've had too much wine. Right? You never have to look too far to find naysayers, do you? Because I think sometimes when we witness things that are holy and awe-inspiring, it kind of scares us. We're not sure what to make of it, and so we, we try to bring those things down to an explainable level and explain it away. But what we learned through the, the Pentecost story is that we need to raise our expectations of what God is capable of doing in and through us. So to the rationalizers, Peter has a word, as we see in verses 14 through 21. 
And he says, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. These people aren't drunk as you suppose, right? It's only nine in the morning. But then he quotes the prophet Joel, which says, now this is a prophecy that was made long ago, right? Before uh, God's spirit was poured out on all people, this was God's plan all along. It says, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And so he begins to quote this from the prophet Joel. And, uh, you know, of course, before Pentecost, God's spirit was only given to specific people for specific purposes in a specific season. You know, throughout the Old Testament, we would read that God would send his spirit upon a person, person to allow them to complete a task. Um, and then the, the, the spirit of God would presumably leave that person after they had been empowered to do that task. But now we see that God's Spirit is poured out upon all of His people to be with them at all times. And this is why Romans chapter 8, 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Chew on that for a second. The same Spirit, that same power which raised Jesus from the dead, which conquers death, lives in you. Wow. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. That's the kind of power that we have in our hearts through God's Spirit. If you've come to saving knowledge of, of faith in Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've repented of your sin and said, Lord, I no longer want this life of sin, but I choose to follow after you. God's Spirit dwells in you. And you have been anointed or empowered by the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry. Each person here this morning, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry. And that's why today is the, the perfect time to stop and celebrate what God is doing here at Armstrong United Methodist Church. There are a lot of people who have responded to the anointing of the Spirit here this morning and, and who are participating in the work that God has called them to do. You know, I think of the people who have stepped up to serve in, in various ministries here at Armstrong. I, I think of Kids Club, Junior Worship, Youth Ministry, Hospitality Team, Music Ministry, Worship Volunteers, Tech Team, Ad Council, Mops, Yoga, Ladies Circle, Prayer Chain, Script Program, VBS, Meal Ministry, the list goes on, right? And that's just the ones that came to mind. And then on top of that, there are people here this morning who serve God in this church in countless ways that often go unrecognized. So if, if you are one of those people, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. But of course, I know that's not why you do it. You do it out of faithfulness to God and the call that He has placed on your life. I actually thought about uh, doing a, a service of recognition for the people who serve this church in various ways, but the more I thought about it, 
the more I thought I would, I would literally want to recognize every single person in these pews this morning because you all do so much to make this church what it is. So I hope it'll suffice for me to simply say each one of you present this morning plays a part in making Armstrong United Methodist Church a great church. And I am thankful as your pastor for all the ways that you allow God to use you. So if you're thankful for your brothers uh, and sisters here with you this morning and all the ways that God has used them, would you just give God a hand this morning? I know I'm, I'm coming up on my first year of being your pastor here, but it has been a really blessed year um, just to be in ministry with you all and, and get to know you all and build relationships here. Um, so it's important to, to celebrate what God is doing here, of course, but then we also are reminded this morning that there is, is work that is yet to be done. Because you see, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost uh, didn't simply give the disciples this warm, fuzzy feeling that they celebrated amongst themselves there in the upper room, but it propelled them out of the upper room and out into the streets to proclaim the gospel to a surprised, confused, and even threatened world. God filled the apostles to overflowing, and they could not be contained. They had to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. So I guess the question that I want each of us to ask ourselves this morning is, in what new ways is the Spirit propelling me outside these walls to bear witness to the gospel? And the easiest way to answer that is to consider what fuels your fire. And what are you passionate about? What does your heart break for? What things are, are happening around you that, that make a, a righteous anger burn in your soul? The sorts of things that, sorts of hurt in the world that God is calling us to engage as Christians and, and share the love of Christ with people. And how is God calling you to use the passion that He has placed in your heart so that people might come to know Jesus. So asking these sorts of questions is, is how our mission of the month, right, the Marshall Backpack Program, came about. A group of faithful servants saw a need that existed in Marshall. Kids were going hungry on the weekends, and so God put it on their heart to do something about it. And that's how any ministry that exists today started. A dream was instilled by the Spirit. And God's people responded. And you know, the, Peter quoted the prophet Joel when he said, your, your old men uh, will see visions and your young men will dream dreams. I think when we get a dream or a vision from the Spirit, it's oftentimes something that's a lot bigger than us. And something that we might think is impossible. And I think that's a good way to know whether or not it's from the Spirit. Because it's probably going to seem pretty impossible. But if God is truly calling us, to do that, He will give us the power we need to do it, right? That's what the Spirit does. He fills people with seemingly impossible dreams and then fills them with the power to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible so that God may be glorified. See, there was no other way that the apostles could have taken credit for what happened on Pentecost. That was a miraculous act of God that only the Spirit could have filled them to do. And that's the way that we bear witness to the power of Jesus, is when we reach out in ways that bear witness to the power of God's Spirit, it's undeniable that this is a movement of God. 
So if you get nothing else from this sermon this morning, I, I want you to get this. That if you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, that you have been anointed by the Spirit for the work of ministry. If you've served this church in any way or participated in any of its ministries, that includes being here this morning, I just want you to stand up. So everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Stand up, stand up. All right, now, look around you, okay? These are your partners in crime, okay? These are your partners in crime. God has entrusted the work of His ministry to you by the power of His Spirit. So I want you to, to proclaim something to your neighbor this morning. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, you are a minister of the gospel. Do that right now. All right, that's good. That's good. We need to hear that. We need to be reminded of that, that each of us here this morning, if we have received Jesus by faith, each of us is a minister of the gospel. Because don't forget, church, we're on a mission from God, right? We're on a mission from God. God has anointed you with His Spirit for the work of ministry so that we might make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So let's live into that mission together. So I want you to uh, join hands with one another, and I just want to offer a prayer over you. So if you want to bridge the gap between the aisle and everyone, just join hands. And I just want to, I want to offer a prayer over us this morning. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit out on your people gathered here this morning in a new and fresh way. Lord, fill each of them to overflowing, that they may know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have been equipped to do things greater than they may ever expect. Lord, would you just show them the, the new ways that you might be calling them maybe out of their comfort zone and, and into a new area of ministry, ways in which you have gifted them to do the work that you have set apart for them to do uniquely. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that your Spirit would move amongst your people this morning. Lord, that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are with us, empowering us to do what you would have us to do, so that the world may come to know the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. I pray this in his name and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And I invite you to remain standing as we sing our closing hymn this morning, uh, God of Grace and God of Glory.